0: Welcome to the Indie Corner. We're here today with a Super Strong Style 16 preview. Super Strong Style 16, progresses premiere tournament every year, coming to you this year from Alexandra Palace on the 5th, 6th, and 7th of May. Progress returning to Alexandra Palace for the first time since the big September show last year for three consecutive days. JP is here with me today. How are you doing, JP? I'm alright. How's yourself? I'm good, thank you. Uh, no Benno, unfortunately. He is sunning himself and bearing it up in Benedorm while watching Raw and riding a bucking Bronco. Um, <laughs> check his Twitter out for that. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to start off by saying we've been lucky enough to interview Flash Morgan Webster and Zach Gibson in anticipation for the Super Strong Style this coming weekend. Um, first of all, we're going to go over to an interview with Flash Morgan Webster. <laughs> Hello, I'm here at the Indie Corner with Flash Morgan Webster. Flash, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good, guys. How's it going?
0: Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, Thanks for joining us. do appreciate it. I know you've had internet problems today, but you've persevered to be here for us today, so cheers for that. No problem at all. (laughs) Now, coming up this weekend, we've got Super Strong Style from Alexandra Palace over the bank holiday weekend. So, Flash, I wanted to ask you first of all, anything in particular that you're looking forward to at this year's super strong style
1: um it's it's a really it's a it's a really big weekend as we said it's uh, become uh, one of the biggest if not the biggest european tournaments and the fact that they've decided now that they're going to do it all three nights at alexander palace just shows the growth of not just uh, progress wrestling but british wrestling in general the fact that the tournament started off as two nights in the electric ballroom went on to three nights in the electric ballroom and then has grown out to three nights at Alexandria Palace. It just shows how big of a force, not just the British wrestling scene, but the, the fans have become as well because it's going to be jam-packed there. But uh, what I'm really looking forward to, I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't looking forward to seeing Cassius Ono. I only met him a few times uh, doing his last little skint of uh, On the Independent Circuits. But I'm really looking forward to that. Hopefully as well, because I was injured the last time he did his little run on the Indies. I'm hoping that uh, our paths cross at some point in the tournament.
0: He's one of my favourite wrestlers ever, so I completely get where you're coming from on that one. So you haven't wrestled uh, C- Cassius Ohno or Chris Hero before, I take it, then?
1: I haven't. No, I think there was an idea, I think, a uh, or there was yeah something running down a few months ago uh, before he got signed. I think we would have crossed paths, at uh, Pro Wrestling Chaos. He had some great matches oh, wow. with Eddie Dennis. Yeah, yeah. I was, And just as I picked up the uh, the King of Chaos Championship, he got signed. But I think the idea was that our paths were going to cross eventually. I think he was going to be involved in the title as well. But it never happened. Uh, he's always been great with me. He's always given me a lot of feedback. The limited times I have seen him. And he's always a great guy to um, not just watch in the ring, but have backstage as well.
0: Awesome. I'm glad he's there over the weekend. To be honest, it swayed uh, <laughs> it me to go this weekend, I've got to say. It was seeing his name on the bill made me go, yeah, I've got to be there for that. Um, I was going to say as well, regarding Alexandra Palace, last year you were in the, um, it was like an eight-man at the uh, Alexandra Palace show, but you're in a featured singles match against Keith Lee this year. Are you uh, pumped to be in a singles match at such a big venue on such a big stage this year?
1: I'm pumped just to be in the tournament, if I'm honest. Uh, If we look at it and look at my history at progress, the first time they did Super Strong Style, I was a natural progression holder. So Mm. there's no need for me to be in the tournament. I had a title shot. Uh, The second time it came round, I was on the sidelines with an injury. And then the third time it came round, I did unfortunately go out in the first round to Mark Haskins. Speaking of which, if we're going to look at the group that I'm currently in, uh, with Mark Haskins, Vicky Haskins, and Jimmy Havoc, I'm the only one out of those three that has a super strong cell 16 place. So I feel myself very lucky that not only do I have a singles match at Alexandra Palace, but I'm also the only one out of that group to actually have a spot super strong cell
0: 16 yeah i was a little bit surprised to see those guys weren't in the tournament actually now you say that um but continuing along the lines of Ali pally as the venue how how do you find wrestling a venue like Ali pally compared to say a more intimate venue like the ballroom is there a difference or is it is it essentially uh, the same thing is, is there any changes that you've got to make to say your style or how you go into the match or what you do during the match
1: if i'm honest i think smaller venues sometimes can be harder to wrestle in just because people are a little bit scared to make noise. Uh, so the bigger the crowd, usually the crowd relax a little bit more. They're, uh, they're a lot more noisier. But as for myself, to be honest, it can be a bit daunting sometimes when you come out, wherever you come up and there's a big crowd. But the moment you get inside that ring, you kind of forget about the the fans outside or how many there are, whether there's 10, whether there's 100, whether there's 1,000. Uh, to me, then, it's just the ring. And I know that probably sounds a little bit cliché, but that is the case, you kind of have the person in front of you, you have your goals, you have your game plan, and everything else just kind of melts away in the background.
0: Got you, got you. Yeah, it makes complete sense. And you're facing Keith Lee in the tournament as well. I remember you had a really fun match with Keith Lee, I think it was on one of the Manchester progress shows last year. Is that, is that
1: right? It is indeed, yeah. If you want to, uh, uh, If you want to think about the decks being stacked as hard as they can on me, I think that I couldn't have a, uh, a harder opponent than <laughs> one. I think the only person who possibly has a harder opponent well, maybe two of them is uh, Chuck Mambo because he has Zack Sabre Jr and I think uh, Chris Brooks against Cassius Ono
0: Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I was going to say the match you had with Keith Lee last year was, a, I thought was a great match. I remember that was a really fun show and that was probably my favourite match on the show Is he someone you've been looking forward to getting back in the ring with or you've wanted to wrestle again since that time?
1: To be fair, every time I've seen Keith wrestle, he's a joy to watch. And again, just like Cassius, he's a joy to have backstage. I've always found as well that uh, a lot of these companies always book me against smaller guys. They always book me against you, like some Mark Andrews, your Pete Dunne, your Travis Banks, and they want those, those fast paced, high flying mm. matches. But anyone who knows me will tell you that my best matches are always against the big guys. I had a great one with Ricky Shane Page down in Attack Pro Wrestling. I've had some great ones with the Wild Boar, even though he's not the biggest guy, the style he wrestles definitely is that of a big man. And um, I had a great one against Rampage Brown as well at Progress, and Keith Lee is is no different. So I'm really looking forward to getting in there and doing it a second time with Keith, not just because that he is a big guy and I have my best matches with him, but just because now there's history as well and we can play off of
0: that. Oh, most definitely. Why is it you think um, you prefer wrestling guys who are slightly bigger than you? Any reason at all?
1: I don't know, I think maybe I just... One, the story is there, isn't it? And everyone can see the story. Sure. Um, I always think that one of my my best traits uh, is selling, which allow, matches like this allow me to sell. But whenever it comes to planning, putting stuff together, I've always had a real creative flair for uh, being able to accentuate how big someone is and how to uh, be as creative as possible with explaining that to the crowd and also making sure that my offense... Is as fast and as creative as possible. So I think it just kind of plays into all my strengths, my creativity, and my ability to kind of tell a story and sell my ass off.
0: And you can work a completely different style of match to what you do, as say a Mark Andrews. As much as you know, uh, uh, you and Mark Andrews that match in Manchester this year, which was a great match. But I'm sure this is going to be a completely different style of match on Saturday as well.
1: Yeah, completely different. Uh, To be fair, a lot of people were talking about the me and Mark match. Um, after I stepped out of the match, I realized that I think it potentially might have only been the second one-on-one encounter that me and Mark have ever wow. had, which is crazy considering we come from the same school and we're from the same group. Yeah. I think that uh, it might potentially maybe the third at a push, but uh, definitely no more than that. And it's uh, Again, I, I love wrestling people in that style. I love, I love that match with Mark, but my style and my favorite people to wrestle are big guys sure i'm
0: looking forward to the keith lee match at the weekend i was going to say as well looking at the lineup for this year's super strong style there seems to be a slight increase in import talent that have been brought in for this year's super strong style how do you feel as a british guy about that increase in import talent coming over for this year's tournament
1: to be fair i know some people have mentioned this but i think you've also got a look that the amount of british wrestlers that are now going out and becoming imports in america in japan uh in Europe, it was inevitable, really, that they were going to have to start calling people in. When you're like Will Ospreay, um, Marty Skrull, even Zack Sabre Jr. have um, schedules which don't allow them to be in Britain as much as they are, of course, then, when you want to make sure that the cream of the crop and the highest level of competitor is in this tournament, you're going to have to start looking other places, especially when you're going to have to wait for that next crop of British talent to come up as well, the why not use any imports. It'd be silly not to.
0: Yeah, and I suppose with you going over to PWG, I suppose you're an import when you're going over there, aren't you? And competing in Bowler and all the rest of it. And you seem to be a regular in PWG now, if anything. Um I was gonna ask, relating to that, you got to do Bowler last year. How would you compare um Super Strong style to Bowler as a tournament?
1: It's it's a completely different animal. You've got the especially when it comes to the aesthetic and how uh how big the rooms are. I said Alexander Palace will be absolutely massive uh, this weekend, whereas uh, Bowler is only, what, 300 people to push? 400? Mm. In the hottest room in the history of the <laughs> world. It really is. I'm not lying. Night two, Travis Banks came back from his match and his hands were pruned like he'd oh been. Oh my the God. Bottom. And he is like, his, the sweat was just dripping off him for 30 minutes. Now, Travis Banks is one of the. Fittest competitors when it comes to cardio. I've seen him do cardio circuits, and I've then done the cardio circuits myself, being the best cardio I have, and I still can't get near his time. So to see him come back on night two and to see him that blown up and that exhausted just tells you how hot that room is. So in that retrospect, it's a completely different element because the environment is so different. But uh, again, when you come in as well for places like peter O G for bowler you don't know if it's going to be a one and done you don't know if you're going to come in impress enough for them to keep you coming in every single week every single month or whatever or if it's just going to be in and out luckily when it comes to uh, super strong style i know that i'm a permanent resident when it comes sure. to progress and i've been lucky enough that since uh, bowler as well i've become a, a permanent mainstay at peter O G as well do you think
0: the function of the, because to me, Bowler and Super Strong Style and 16 Carat really are the sort of premier tournaments in independent wrestling at the moment. Um, do you think the function of, say, Bowler and Super Strong Style is slightly different as well in terms of what they're looking to get out of the weekends in terms of stories, in terms of dream matches? Is there any difference in that way at all, do you think?
1: I think so, yeah. I think you'll have your, your few Peter G regulars and you'll have your maybe your one or two Will go on then, of course, to uh, challenge for the belt. Whereas in uh, Super Strong Style, uh, you'll have nearly everybody on that card has been, uh, pe- uh, been at progress before. I think maybe only Han Helico is the only person on this. I could be m- mistaken, but I think he might be the only person who's making a debut this weekend. Whereas Bowler, you usually have at least six to eight people who are coming in as unknowns and yeah. they're. Uh, to grab themselves the limelight enough so they can get permanent bookings so i think that uh sometimes with bowler it's it's not just for the title shot it's for them to bring in new people for them to try them out and for them to make new stars so they can carry on rolling forward whereas uh, super strong style uh you seem to have to earn that place uh in super strong style and then that tournament either pushes forward the title picture or it pushes forward your story as a competitor.
0: Sure. Uh, how do you, since going over to PWG on the regular, have you felt that your profile has increased in sort of the wrestling world generally during that time?
1: Definitely. Um, I, to be honest, I walked out at Peter G and I was an unknown. You, you hope sometimes that uh, you can walk out and the whole crowd erupts, but I think maybe there was like twenty percent, maybe thirty percent knew who I was, uh, and that's fine with me absolutely fine because that just means I have to work harder and my aim is to make sure that they know who I am by the time I leave and the last couple of times I've come out uh, at Peter Ruggie, my music hits and they know exactly who I am when I walk through the curtain, before I walk through the curtain even, but again that has a knock on effect when it comes to me doing shows over here. sometimes you'll have people come to shows that aren't familiar with British wrestling and they'll come up to the merch table and they'll have a chat and they'll tell me how much they've been enjoying my stuff at Peter Ruggie or they'll turn and say sometimes that they've come to the show tonight because I was on the show, because Walter was on the show, because Travis was on the show. And they didn't know about British wrestling before that. So I think, uh, yeah, I owe a lot to uh, Peter O.G. when it comes to uh, allowing me to become more of a, a mainstay and more of an international name.
0: I always feel really bad for you when I see you with that Parker coat. Done up to the nines in that searing heat in that little building. I've got to say,
1: <laughs> I brought it on myself, haven't I? I brought
0: it on myself. <laughs> um, I was going to ask as well regarding PWG, obviously, you get uh, you know, indie talents from around the world, you get a lot of the luchadores, the Mexican guys as well. They started bringing in the likes of Walter from uh, other European countries as well. Is there any sort of dream opponents that you'd love to face in PWG at all?
1: Um, there's a there's a guy who debuted uh, this last show, Bandido, and man, some of the stuff he can do is absolutely crazy, absolutely phenomenal. But uh, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't want to wrestle the likes of Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz, because at the moment they're absolutely killing it in tag team competition. But the whole, the whole show, really, the, the, the whole roster is a who's who of international talent. So I, I'd be happy to wrestle anyone out there. But my top ones, if I'm honest, I really want to wrestle Zachary Wentz and Dave, uh, Desmond Xavier in a tag match. I really want to wrestle Jonah Rock in a singles again because I just love wrestling big guys. And I'd love to do something creative with, with Bandido as well because you wait to see the next preview. The man is absolutely insane.
0: Cool. I hope Super Dragon's listening to this and can hear what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you a couple of questions about um, your unfortunate time on the sidelines a couple of years ago as well. Um, so you managed to keep yourself busy in, in wrestling, if anything. Uh, one thing that I really liked that you produced was the documentary. Uh, was it Road to Malice or Road Back to Malice? Yeah, Road Back to Malice. Could you give us a little bit of background on the documentary and how it came about? Because um, I was wondering, did you produce and write it yourself?
1: No, I didn't. Uh, and uh, all, all the, uh, all the efforts and uh, the man who deserves all the credit is a guy called Adam Williams. Um, if you check out, if you check it out on Vimeo, which it is on Vimeo, then you'll see that uh, that it's on his account. Uh, so it, to be honest with you, it, it was never supposed to be a documentary about about my injury. Um, about about a month before I got hurt. I was approached by Adam Williams. He'd seen me versus Pete Dunne at York Hall. And he said he, would he by flukes, his friend had had a ticket for uh, York Hall. He'd never seen British wrestling. And he took his friend up on the offer and he, he came to watch the show and said that he's always been a fan of indie music. He saw me come out and I was everything that he loved about music and everything he loved about wrestling all rolled in one. So he approached me and said hey, man, uh, you probably get a million emails like this. And we, and we do, to be fair. Mm. But the way he put it together was so well, and he had some links to some of his work. And he just said in the email, I really just want to create a, a small 10-minute, 12-minute vignette piece about you, about the character, about where you've come from. And I messaged him back and said, hey, man, I've got some big stuff coming up. I can't say what it is. Of course, that went on to become uh, the Cruiserweight Classic qualifying match. But I said, once that's out the way, I'll, uh, I'll definitely be in contact with you and get this, Vimeo, this uh, vignette piece done. And he kind of messaged me over the next couple of days and said, oh, I've just seen the match announced. I kind of guess why you're busy. Cool, man, give me a, give me a message when, you, when you're, uh, you're good and you can continue with this. Of course, injury happens. Uh, I forgot all about this little piece. And then two or three days later, he messaged me and said, you probably don't want to hear this right now but what if we change this vignette piece <laughs> into, a, into a little 15-minute documentary uh, about your return from injury, about how it was supposed to be a, a big deal, and now it's gone on to become an injury and stuff like that. And I said, mate, that'd be great. I'm, I'm literally doing nothing at the moment, so <laughs> just to see a new guy would be great. Uh, and again, from there as well, it was only supposed to be th- three months out, course we had the mri scan and found out then i had a torn labrum and partly torn rotator cuff and it became a 30 minute documentary but adam deserves all the credit in the world he uh, directed it all he produced it all he edited it all all the sound all the score he did all that um i just had to sit there and look pretty and uh, and work my ass off to get back to the ring but all credit goes to adam williams the guy uh, is absolutely phenomenal. And if there's any injured wrestling, wrestling <laughs> listening to this, then and uh, you're looking for somebody to cover your documentary, then uh, definitely go to Alan Williams because the man's an absolute star.
0: You sound like a documentary maker's dream there, i got to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was a great documentary. It really sort of built anticipation for your return and it made me more invested in your story and wanting to see you back in the ring, if anything. But during that time out, you also started your podcast. Um, I was going to say, with... Podcasting. have you found that it's helped you sort of make a lot more contact with various guys in the industry it's helped you get to know guys just from interviewing them so more time around them at all how has it kind of um helped you in the wrestling business if anything
1: the podcast was always a plan of mine um i'd recorded the damien dunn episode which ended up being episode seven i do believe i recorded that months before i got hurt maybe about three months before i got hurt and i listened to it back and didn't like the sound of my own voice and i was like no nah, i can't be doing this if i can't deal with this then nobody's going to want to listen to this <laughs> and um i kind of put it on the shelf and said okay i'm not going to do this I apologized to damien and uh for wasting his time and said okay i was done then the injury happened and uh it was wild boar and brandon white uh, who turned and said to me like man why don't you give this podcasting a go see it gives you something to do and will keep you relevant in your time being away. So I kind of revisited it, uh recorded some more episodes and started putting it out. But as for your question about getting to know people better, 100%. Um I always related back to everyone's had that moment where they've been to a house party and everyone's drunk too much. And then there's a moment where you and some random stranger you've met from that night is sat on the kitchen floor trying to put the world to rights. And you might, you might never become best friends with that person. You might never maybe even see that person again. But for those, that hour, for those two hours, you and that person kind of share a little connection and, and get to know each other. And then when you see each other down the pub, you always kind of like give them little nods, ask them how they're doing. And you always share that little bit of time together. And I always kind of equate it to that. I always make sure my podcast are done face-to-face. That's just how I like to do it. I put the recorder down and we have a chat I find out so much about people that I didn't know. And sometimes people open up and talk about stuff that they wasn't even planning on talking about. If you've listened to my episodes with Nathan Cruz and RJ Singh, they talk about some, uh, some very upsetting subjects on there that they themselves said that they had no plan on talking about. So, yeah, I think that it's definitely allowed me to become closer to a lot of my friends, this podcast. It's allowed me to break down barriers and take some people as well that who i just saw as acquaintances and actually now call them real friends and it gives not just me but uh my fans an insight into my guests and i think as well that people have got to know me a little bit more because of it as well it's great from a fan's
0: perspective as well because you know what a couple of years ago i was thinking there's a a, there's a gap in the market really for a a wrestling podcast from a british perspective with british wrestlers potentially and then you filled that gap and there is there were so many stories i had no idea about um the rj singh one like i'd seen rj singh for years i didn't know any of the stuff that came out on that podcast that was a great show the sex Myth one was one that i loved as well um i thought he had a real story to tell and i thought that you and him had a lot of chemistry and sort of had a real connection during that podcast as well so yeah some great stories that have kind of come to the fore as a result of the podcast as well so great work on that one um to be
1: fair to be fair with the podcast i i just kind of i talk to people um i allow them to kind of allow the conversation to go where they want it to take I never pressure anyone talking about stuff they don't want to talk about and to me it's just a, a conversational piece and i always just try to do it in the most friendly and positive way i can So that if people don't want to talk about something they don't have to, or if people like kind of say stuff that I don't agree with again, I'm not there to question them. I'm not there to belittle them. I'm just there to kind of listen to their points and allow them to express themselves. And that's all I want to do with the podcast. And I think I've done a pretty good job at that.
0: Yeah, I think you've done an excellent job. I was going to ask one last question as well. Um, you spent, obviously, the time on the sidelines. You came back to Progress in January of 2017. During the time you'd had out, um, did you find when you came back the company changed anyway? Um, did you find that it was any different at all? Or do you think it's still the same as it's always been, if anything?
1: The landscape had changed completely. If you want to look at it this way, um, Pete Dunne had literally only... Uh, came back for the one show he'd come back to wrestle Jack Gallagher in the qualifying match uh, but apart from that he hadn't been seen in progress as a mainstay in months so when I came back from injury not only was he a mainstay but he was the progress wrestling champion so it shows that in those 10 months everything changed and it's it's again a testament to how good British wrestling is that in Another 10 months, no doubt somebody else will be on top of British wrestling. It'll be somebody that we never thought would have been on top of British wrestling. That's because the, the surplus of people underneath the surface waiting for that moment to become a big star is always going to be there. But as for how things work, I, I don't think it really has changed, if I'm honest. I think one of the reasons that the fans are so devoted is because Progress has that identity that it's always had. Yeah, it's on a bigger stage now, but it was always going to happen because the fans were just so passionate. The more people were going to want to be a part of it. But as for how everything moves backstage and how everything moves behind, it still feels like the same animal to me. It's just that uh, they've found a bigger audience.
0: Flash, thank you for spending your time with us today. Um, I was going to ask you just to wrap it up. Is there anything that you wanted to plug at all?
1: Um, Yeah, um, so everyone can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Flash underscore Morgan. On the Twitter, I'm uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Flash Morgan Webster. I'm on the Instagram at, at Flash Morgan Webster. If you want to book me for any upcoming seminars, gigs, events, anything, birthday parties, I'm an independent wrestler, guys, got bills to pay. Uh, I'll do any of that and that. All those emails can be done at Flash Morgan at uk. And if you've enjoyed me chatting on this podcast, then maybe check out my own. I'm on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, or wherever you get your podcast from. And that is uh, Morgan Webster's Wrestling Friends. But yeah, apart from that, guys, it's been a pleasure to be on here. and Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, mate, thank you very much. And good luck on Saturday.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Hope to see you wrestling the second round on Sunday. See you later. In a bit. That was Flash Morgan Webster heading into Super Strong Style 16 this weekend. So, I'd say let's just start off by talking about Flash Morgan Webster's match with Keith Lee at the weekend. We've got the bracket in front mm-hmm. of us. JP, looking forward to this one. I am. I am
2: looking forward to this one. I remember seeing the match they had in Manchester. It was great. And as Flash said on the interview as well, he likes working with the big with big guys, and they don't come much bigger than Keith Lee. Um, it's an interesting one because Keith Lee's kind of doing this almost like an exit tour of the Indies at the moment. I mean, and, and we were lucky enough to be at Sixteen Carat when he was effectively saying his goodbyes there. Um, obviously, he's going to be having an upcoming match with Tomohiro Ishii uh, for Rev Pro um, coming up as well. So that you know, I, I'm I'm this is an interesting one for me because you've kind of got this mix of. Keith Lee, a real independent star who's going to be going well out there in terms of every company that he's going into at the moment before what is heavily rumoured for him to be signing with WWE. And then you've got Flash, who is a mainstay of progress and a guy who is intertwined in the storylines, which, as at times, we've been critical over those storylines, but it's an interesting dynamic we've got here. And obviously, one of the things I know you mentioned in the interview with Flash is about the amount of imports that are in there. So this one is an interesting one to call. Um, I'm, if you're going to ask me to
0: have a shout of who's going to win this... I'm going to stick my neck out and I'm going to say Flash Morgan Webster. Yeah, I think he's going to win it as well. I think he made a good point in the interview saying that Havoc and Haskins aren't involved in it. I'm a bit confused as to why they're not involved myself. Um, It seems strange because they're two mainstays of progress. But if he's the representative of that group over the weekend, I feel like they're going to try and tell a story with him in the tournament with those guys backing him. From a selfish standpoint, I want Keith Lee to win because there's a chance you can get Keith Lee, Zach Sabre, Jr., in the semi-final oh. and that's a match I really want to see but at the same time you can get a flash Mark Andrews rematch in the quarterfinal as well if Mark Andrews in the next match in the bracket gets past Helico, which I think he will but um, what, mm. what are you thinking of Mark Andrews and Angelico any thoughts on that one I'm thinking Mark Andrews um, I obviously at some point Eddie Dennis is going to get involved
2: yeah I don't see him getting involved necessarily in this match um, and it would ha- make sense for him to get involved in a match with Flash potentially, wouldn't it? It would do, yeah. Um, which would build up to kind of. And it's an interesting one as well to find out that, you know, Flash and Mark Andrews have only met at most three times, which is yeah. a wild thing um, to
0: hear. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be Mark Andrews. Helico here. I can't work out why they've brought Angelico in for this, if I'm honest with you. Um, he's been on a lot of shows I've been to the last year, mm. and I've rarely found he's added a lot as an import to to the shows. Um, to me, he seems like a really strange choice for someone to bring in for this weekend. But how do you feel about Angelico being all of it?
2: I've, there's been times I've enjoyed him. I mean, I I, I kind of always think back to the times when I've seen him on Lucha Underground in particular. He was very enjoyable, but he he appears to be going through, I think at this point in time, he's relocated to Spain. Oh, has he? Yeah, um, which would explain why he's in in Europe. Mm. I could be easily wrong on that. Um, But yeah, it's a a strange one, but it's also in the sense he's a guy you can bring in, who you can have your regulars working with, and also, they can go over him. Yeah, I just wonder it's,
0: its a strange one. whether there's another progress regular that you could have put in this position. you got Chuck Mambo in there. Could they not have thrown someone else they book on the reg in there, maybe? I don't know. But that's the decision that they've taken in this one. Yep. It's a strange one as well from the perspective that Mark Andrews is a guy that I really want to see. But Angelico isn't an opponent that I really cared to see him face. But, hey, uh, I'll be seeing Anhelico this weekend.
2: Yeah, uh, it'll be fine. It'll be good for what it is. Mark Andrews is always well worth it as well.
0: Yeah, true. Um, I was going to say, moving on through the bracket, I mentioned his name, Chuck Mambo versus Zack Sabre Jr. Mm. JP, how are you feeling about seeing Chuck Mambo in the Super Strong Star 16? All right, and I, I've been very
2: clear about this before. I am, I'm not a Chuck Mambo fan. Again, it's not a personal thing. The character does nothing for me. I've watched various matches involving in him and I've just felt kind of dead inside. Um, It says probably as much about me as a person than anything else. I won't lie. I'll be pissed if Zach ain't killing him in like five minutes.
0: Yeah, I think we all will.
2: Uh, I mean, I do... There is this part of me in the back of my mind thinking, I could see Chuck Mambo winning.
0: I've got a horrible feeling as well. King of Quirk, Chuck Mambo. Last year at Super Strong Style, all I saw him do was walk around eating two Magnums. Mm. This year... Is uh, the vegan Zach Sabre Jr. going to beat the man who on his Twitter profile when I saw in two, two Magnums had vegan? So, bad vegan Chuck Mambo versus good vegan Zack Sabre Jr. Battle of the Vegans. Who's going to see this without... I'm open it's Zack Sabre Jr.
2: I, I'm going to go with Zach
0: because that's what God intended um yeah they seem like they're trying to tell a story with mambo here and his place in the tournament and he's been kind of talking on twitter about how much it means to him and all the rest of it i sort of think at this point he's a bloke who's got to be thinking after the years he spent he should be in this tournament yeah maybe i don't know i don't know whether that's if this
2: leads to a somewhat more serious chuck mambo and a slight change of character then I'd be kind of game for that because yeah. the the current incarnation doesn't really do much for me. Um But There's, given the tear that Zack Saber Junior is on and how good he is this year, and we've both said like, uh, this that Zach's the best had the best year of any wrestler in the world at the moment. Yeah, I
0: can't disagree with that.
2: Yeah, the, I, it's got to be Zach.
0: Yeah, to beat um, to beat Ibushi, Naito, Sonada. And then lose to Chuck Mambo. Ooh, I can't see New Japan going for that pissed. one somehow. <laughs> I hope not. Anyway, and then the last match of the bracket, anyway, uh, to face the winner of Chuck and Zack Saber Junior. is TK Cooper and David Starr, which I think on paper looks like a really interesting and really fun matchup.
2: Yeah, and I've particularly, enjo- I'm enjoying the fact that they've gone back to the TK Cooper that we really enjoyed. The have they? <laughs> well, in terms of in terms of heel. Tk Cooper.
0: Oh, okay, it's, uh, no Dalia though. I don't know why they've transitioned her away from Tk Cooper. I know yeah. she's doing commentary. I she's just great think great
2: at ringside, not she?
0: I just, yeah, I think she's a much better valet than she was than she's a commentator. And I think that they're not accentuating her strengths. And I don't think people wanted to see that act uh, broken up either. Mm. Um, I'd love it if she was back at his corner, or they did sort of put her back in his corner at some point. Mm. Um, who do you think would go over in this one? It's an interesting one. If I remember rightly, David Starr went out in the
2: first round last year. Yeah, he did. Um, and it would be strange for him to go out again, especially having seen him with the run he had in, in WXW. I think it's going to be TK Cooper.
0: Yeah, I think it will be as well. I think they need to try and re-establish him. Um, mm. I think he's lost a little bit of popularity in the last few months since they've mm. brought him back as well. I, I think the booking of him putting him straight into the title. see. It feels to me like when he got booked in Bowler last year and yep. him and Trav had the match against the Bucks that was booked and didn't go ahead, it felt like he didn't have that hot indie run that he was due to have mm. when he was kind of peaking. And it felt like he didn't reach that peak, unfortunately, because of the injury. But he's been brought back in progress in a position as if he did have that run. And I feel like he hasn't kind of earned that position yet. And... It would be nice to see him go over, but it would be nice to see a bit more of a gradual build. Maybe going back to the South Pacific Power Trip, if Travis Banks is going to lose the title to Walter, they could rebuild in that way, but who knows. Second round of this one, if we were to get um, TK versus Zach or David Starr versus Zach, I can see both being good matches in very different ways. I've seen David mm. Starr and Zach wrestle before, and it was a really fun match. TK Cooper and Zack, something I would have not seen before, but there seems like a natural story that you can tell there. Mm. Um, which I could imagine being a lot of fun. Anyway, um, should we go over to the next bracket? Yeah. So the first match of the next bracket that we've got is Chris Brooks and oh, like Cassius Ono or Chris Hero. Can we just the, call him Chris Hero. We call this. him Cassius Ono here. Oh no! Oh, oh no! Don't. Oh no! I'd rather hear Chris is awesome.
3: But
2: yeah.
0: Hey. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna say it would be Chris Hero. It should be Chris here. I hope it is. One. I think Brooks is a, a good outside bet to win this, though. Yes. When you look at the lineup, who looks like a, who looks like they're quids in to win this? Ah, uh,
2: looking at it, and I mean, we're we going to be going on to it. I mean, I, 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 there's a part of me that thinks the winner of the uh, it could be a possible winner with Tyler Bate and, and Pete Dunn, yeah. Of whoever is is. You know, whoever wins that one and goes through to the final, that would be um, the person to go. Uh, yeah, the person to go on and win it. I don't see Brooks winning it. I can see shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope not to. I think this could. Hopefully, this will be the best singles match of Chris Brooks's career. He's in there with an absolute master.
0: He's in there, with one of my favourite wrestlers of all yeah. time.
2: <laughs> for one, absolutely great. And I- it's great to see him back on the Indies doing this. I know that he's he's in, he's
0: in NXT and there's the NXT trappings that, that come around with it, but he is so good. Yeah, he is. I went to the NXT tapings in Orlando. The last set of tapings, I was lucky enough to be at, and he faced Champa there, and it was so good to see Chris Hero wrestle live again. I got to say, oh yeah. Um... I, Brooks, to me, is an outside choice because I look at the lineup and I think outside of WWE-associated guys, there's no-one else I can see winning this. So it depends on whether they want to give someone a rub or they want a, uh, a guy who's established for the for the main event at Wembley, I suppose. From that perspective, yeah, Bait and Dunn seem like the two you'd have go over, really, don't they? Mm. Um, they'd be due to me in a semi-final mm. if, if the tournament went their way. I think as well, um, for me, I would be having Zack Sabre Jr. win this. I don't know what the contract situation is with New Japan or the rest of it, but he seems to me like, a, a, outside of the WWE guys, like he's the biggest star in this tournament, and he's one of the biggest stars they've got. He's always looked strong in progress. Uh, he's always booked pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. I think the Walter match that he lost over Mania weekend was the first match he lost in, I, I can't even remember when. It, I think it was since maybe Super Strong Strongstar last yep. year where he lost to Travis Banks at the semi. And it just seems to me like Zach is a natural fit for a Wembley main event. Um that's what I'd like to see personally. But anyway, um, Chris Brooks, maybe if they want to give someone a rub, try yep. and establish someone more. It seems like every year going to Super Strongstar, there's an obvious winner. Um, last year, I thought to myself going in, and I think everyone did, Travis Banks. year before, I thought Mark Haskins or Tommy End. year before, Osprey. And this year, uh, there isn't an obvious winner. It's mm. The field is completely open. Um, yeah, Brooks, Ono, match I'm looking forward to. I'd like to see Chris Hero going over here, though. Um, moving on, Tyler Bate and Jordan Devlin. Really looking forward
2: to this one. Um, of the two, for those who uh, are listening and can really only think of, uh, remember Jordan Devlin from the um, WWE uh, UK tournament, I mean, this is a guy in OTT who is the man. And, you know, he's the import killer, having absolutely great matches, um, really, really good. I'm, I think this should be the match of the first round. Um, this one, uh, however, if I'm picking, it's going to be Tyler Bate for me, who reached the final last year as well. Um, I think this one could be an absolute killer match. I mean, I'm not exactly putting my neck on the line, but uh, by saying that. But I think, I mean, this is the match of the first round for me that I'm most looking forward to. And yet, I think it's going to be uh, Tyler Bate.
0: It's great to see Devlin over as well. I know he did the one progress uh, shot against Travis Banks, didn't he, after the UK tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just sort of wondered why the likes of Connors were getting bookings when Devlin wasn't. I think he's improved... So, I think he was good going into that UK tournament, but I think he's improved so much since that time as well. We saw him in OTT when we were over in Ireland last year, and he was he had great presence about himself live. We've seen him in Fight Club Pro on the reg as well. Yep. He's a guy who I think should be getting bookings and being taken over to America to wrestle at the likes of PWG as well at this point, because he's mm. he's got something. He really has. And, yeah, I don't... To be honest, I don't really mind who wins in this one, because you know that both are going to give you a good match in the second round. Options for the quarterfinal would be Tyler Bate against Chris Hero, Jordan Devlin against Chris Hero. I'd rather see either of those guys face Chris Hero than I would see him face Chris Brooks. It's mm. uh, not a slight on Chris Brooks. Not it's, at all. It's Chris Hero. It's Again, you'll notice we're not saying Cassius over. <laughs> it's one of one of the, one of the best, best ever. And I think Tyler Bate and Devlin were both have a great match of Hero. So mm. that's something I'd love to see. Yep. Moving on, we've got Pete Dunne and Doug Williams. Kind of like a generational match, this one. Yes,
2: it is. And it's telling the story of, of Doug Williams, um, effectively his one last run in a major, major company, um, and particularly a major British company. I think where this is building up to, with him, and I'm just going to say, I mean, you know, Pete Dunne will win. I'd be stunned if that's the case, if they were going to do some big run with Doug Williams. I think it's more building up to Doug Williams kind of testing himself up against the guy who he effectively was in like 2003 mm. um, when he was doing Ring of Honor and, and Noah. Um, I think it it could be really good. I mean, it's going to be a really interesting match to see, particularly how it works in the ring. It's probably going to be a very different style, but I mean, Pete Dunne is incredibly adaptable. Um, yeah, Pete Dunne to win this one and Doug Williams to kind of build up to what possibly might be that
0: retirement show at Wembley, which is, you know, the least he deserves. Yeah, it's a cool match to make, I think, this, yeah. um, you know, it's not something that I ever have thought about before, but when I saw it, sort of struck me and thought, oh, OK, that's kind of a Good match for a first round. Doug Williams is going to get a good show in front of a good crowd as well. Um, and we see two guys who kind of, I think, in the, when we look back, are going to define different generations of British wrestling. So I can see Pete Dunne taking this one. Now, last match um, of the first round, Jubby Janella versus one of the Grizzled Young Vets. Mm. Is it going to be Gibson? Is it going to be Drake? I think it will be Drake because Same I, I think if you announce. Uh, if you're going to announce Gibson, you announce him. I think Gibson's going to cut the promo, get the heat. Drake's going to go in there. And to be honest, I could see Janela going over. Yep. I can see Janela beating him quite quickly. This could
2: be... Last year you had the six-second match with Riddle and Trent Seven. I think this could be the variant on that where there is some shenanigans at the beginning and Joey Janela gets the win. Um, And I could see that happening. I don't think the, the... Grizzle learning veterans lose much by that happening. Um, I think at this point I mean the way James Drake has been positioned in in recent months I mean he's done he's done well with the comedy aspect that he has and I think this plays very well to that.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Janella, I'm a fan of. It's good to see Janella in progress in the UK. I know mm. he's done a couple of American progress shows, whether they were real progress shows is the yeah, other right. question, especially that Last Mania one. Um, but i a real fan of Janela's. He's got something quite original and innovative about him. He's always thinking about how to do things differently and how to get noticed. Um, and I think I'd love to see him in the ballroom. Um, I don't know if mm. Ali is necessarily going to be the best venue for... Uh, his talents but yeah I'd love to see him in the ballroom but good to see him in progress because I'm a real fan of what Janella brings to the table Um, we sort of run through the quarterfinals briefly Um, going through options for matches that we can get going forward in the tournament is there anything that stands out that you really want to see JP yeah I mean there is a there is a, a the match I think I would really like to see um
2: Tyler Bate versus Chris Hero. I think I'd really, really like to see that. Um, And I think it could be absolutely cracking from a political perspective. That's one where you could easily see Hero losing. Um, And frankly, it's the kind of match... I mean, given his role as player coach in NXT, you can see him having that match with Tyler Tyler Bate um, as... Kind of like a, a nice little bit of seasoning for him, if if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so yeah, I, I think I, I mean I think it's going to be Tyler Bate, Chris Hero, with Tyler Bate going through to the semis.
0: Yeah, it looks as well when you look at the bracket that like we'll probably end up getting a Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunn semi-final. Yes.
2: Yeah, but we're assuming Pete Dunn over Joey Janella.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah most definitely. But there are options for that semi final. If that semi final goes the way you'd assume and Pete Dunn would definitely be there, you could have Pete Dunn Jordan Devlin, Pete Dunn Tyler Bate, or Pete Dunn Cassius Ono, Chris Hero. Like Or all, Chris Brooks or, even. Yeah, yeah, and I saw Pete Dunn and Chris Brooks have a great match in Rev Pro earlier this year. Mm. So Like, though, all of those matches sound like a great semi final, right there. So, I think that's a match that is definitely something to look forward to, no matter what iteration we get in that semi final. Mm. Um, thing is, with if we get bait and done again, or we get done and hero. I can't see the final top in that, but last year I would have said the same when we got um, Riddle and Tyler Bate, and we got Zach and Travis Banks in the semi-finals, and the final yeah. definitely ended up topping both of those matches. So, uh, yeah, it, I suppose it depends on how the match is booked, the length of the match, or the rest, and many yeah. other variables that go into it. Looking at the, um, and if we get a
2: chance, sorry, just say, if we get a chance to see Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne, that's no, that's not a match I'm ever getting bored of.
0: Particularly on the back of, obviously, the, the worldie they had at, um, at NXT. But then you wonder whether WWE want to save that match and do it themselves again at some point on a bigger platform. Ah, um, oh,
2: fuck WWE. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that makes me question what, whether, whether they would put WWE guy or WWE contracted superstar Jordan Devlin over Tyler Bate in the first round. So we will see. Yeah. We of, will see. A lot of variables around that, that side of the draw, isn't there? Oh, yeah, most like top definitely. Pop. Most definitely. Let's see how it plays into the tournament Mm. as a whole. On the other side of things, we sort of spoke about some of the potential matches that we could get. Looking at potential semi-finals, the one I want to see, and I mentioned it earlier, is Zack Sabre Jr. against Keith Lee. Um, some of the other matches we could also get would be uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Flash Morgan Webster Zack Sabre Jr. this is just assuming Zach is going over Yeah. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Mark Andrews to me on paper all of those look good even David Starr mm. versus Keith Lee David Starr versus Flash David Starr versus Mark Andrews they all sound like very appealing matches for a semi-final any again JP that you would want to see and how do you think this oh, one's going to go
2: well there's a lot of variables here depending on what actually what happens with the quarters um, so, I mean, I think I can see Mark Andrews in the semi against Zack Sabre Jr. That's the way that yeah. I, I would predict that it's going to be, um, is having those two guys together. I don't, I mean, and I think as well, this might be possibly where you might see some Eddie Dennis shenanigans. That wouldn't surprise me. I think at that point, yeah, you know, he'd be good for him to make, make that appearance at that point. Um, let Mark Andrews get so close only to kind of take him out. And I don't think that would be... Ha- I think that will be happening in the semi as opposed to the final. So if you're asking me to pick between all the possible combinations, um, I think we're going to have Zack Sabre Jr. versus Mark Andrews in the semis. And I'm going to go out and say Zack Sabre Jr. to win.
0: Yeah, I, I hope that works out as well, I've got to say. Um, looking at it as well, in terms of final, uh, it's... I could see Zack Saber Junior. versus Pete Dunn mm. personally. Zack Saber Junior. versus Tyler Bate. They had a great match in Manchester earlier this year. Um, I can't see Devlin getting to the final. I can't see Hero getting to the final. I could see Brooks getting to the final. Uh, f- Zach and Brooks had a kind of underwhelming match. I remember in um, Rev Pro at yeah. York Hall last year. It was a bit
2: too early for Brooks. Yeah, to have that I kind think of it was big match at York Hall. I think that it was.
0: was just- I wonder whether it's still a little bit too early for Brooks. I've not seen that progression for him to be in like that really marquee singles match on this stage. I don't think yet. Um, I think
2: Brooks has so much of a groundswell of a, of a movement of fans yeah, who really yeah. like him that. I don't. It's going to sound He doesn't need the super to win Super Strong Style sixteen. Mm. I don't think it. Necess, I don't think it hurts him. No. Um, no. I think at this point, a great match with with Chris Hero would be as valuable um, as what might feel like an enforced push.
0: Yeah. No. I completely agree with you. I think you could do a lot of things in that Hero match to make Brooks mm-hmm. look more legit as a single star yeah. as well. Um, I don't think the three-way feud with Trav and TK Cooper has helped him in any way it's always a single no. star personally but there is still that um, kind of loyalty to the CCK brand and that that um, admiration for him by a lot of the younger fans especially Um mm. The, the Super Strong Style final um, last year was a great match. The year before, I thought they told they used the final as part of a really good story where they had that quick seven-minute match between Mark Andrews and Tommy End after a really knackering weekend, especially for Mark Andrews, It was in, like, what, mm. five matches over two days oh, or something you say. Yeah. So I thought that worked nicely as a short match. I think at Ali Pali, they really need that big, marquee main event to close the weekend. Yeah. Um like I say, I'm hoping for Pete Dunne versus Zach. I think Pete Dunne versus Zach isn't a match that I can recall ever seeing before. I'm trying to think of, I can't recall it in Rev Pro. I can't recall it anywhere else. So that is a match that I'd love to see. I think obviously you've got WWE United Kingdom champion going into this one mm-hmm. against new Japan contracted Zach Saber jr. So you've got that dynamic that you can play up a little bit as well. Um, I think it would be quite open as to who would win mm-hmm. that match if they did come up against one another match. I'd love to see. Um, see, I
2: think it's going to be Tyler Bate,
0: Zach. Really? And I think Tyler Bate's winning. After getting to get into the final last yep. year and going close. Yeah, yep. yeah, I could see that. It seems like a natural story does tell as well, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you you think Tyler Bate, I think Zach. Oh, okay. Okay, I bet. Either
2: way, it's good, isn't it? I'm all right with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, both uh, worthy winners. Let's say. I think
2: I've nailed my colours to the master. that I think there's there's one potential winner that I would have a a real issue
0: with. Who's that? Mambo. Yeah. If that happens, I think that's mate. I don't. He'll be drowning in magnums if he wins that (laughs) tournament. Two on a day. He's not wrestling. (laughs) Fuck me. Ronda Rousey used to love a big plate of wings after she beat. She won a. Fight in UFC, I can't imagine what Mambo would be doing with the Magnums after this one, so <laughs> let's wait and see. Um, go Magnum Mambo. Right moving on from the tournament itself there are several non-tournament matches that have been announced for the weekend Mm. as well let's go over the women's matches first of all um the first one we've got is um your favourite wrestler Charlie Morgan Mm. versus Tony Storm for the Progress Women's Championship yeah over to you JP
2: um it's going to be an interesting one this um partly because we will have had Charlie Morgan have um as the Ace of Eve that same weekend on the, on the Saturday in a really high-profile match at a big venue as well. I'd like to think that if she has a great night there, that that's going to rub off on how she performs in progress. Um, I'll put it out there. She needs a really good match. She needs a really good, strong match. And she's in there really with one of the premier female workers in the world in in Tony Storm. I can't see... Charlie Morgan winning this though. I mean <laughs> I've heard various theories about this. I think, um, I don't think it's being done. it's being set up really for Ginny to challenge yeah. when she comes
0: back. Uh, I think that's that's the direction well, they're going Ginny's in. challenging at um, Victoria warehouse, yeah. Actually. So this is just the setup match in some it way. It
2: feels like it's the setup match for it. Um I mean we've we've gone over our criticisms before of where this has gone. What I would say is this is the time to kind
0: of deliver a killer match yeah she needs it she she? needs it she desperately needs it I suppose probably the biggest weekend of her career this weekend oh absolutely yeah like you raved about her to me and I've seen nothing in her to be honest I look at that match on paper I'm not there on day three um, but I'd probably take a piss break during this one if I'm honest sorry that's all right. but it just shows you're allowed to free will and all that I really like Tony Storm I think she's Arguably the best women's wrestler mm. working in this country. I think she probably is actually. Mm. Her or Viper or Kaylee Ray would sort of be the three, if anything. But Charlie Morgan, my interest is just not there at all. Yeah. Um, the other match, which is uh, planned for day two at the moment, is um, House of Cutter. The uh, Couture. oh sorry, Riot Squad and whatever pages. Group are called Inspired Act that came about just after those acts. <laughs> Absolution, I think. Okay. Sense. Just after those acts have been put together, that lovely, randomly selected team of four people that don't really look like they fit together in any level. Um, they're facing Millie McKenzie, Sierra Loxton, and a mystery partner. Hmm. Um, again, I just, it sounds really bad. I have no interest. Well,. It's a funny way. It depends,
2: first of all, who the mystery partner is. And the fact that Eve is on this weekend kind of means you've got a variety of possible people you could be choosing from. Arja Kong? I'd be up for that. I'd be up for that. I'd be surprised. But yeah, why not? Like, she's there. She's in the country. She's not been over to Europe before. So yeah, I mean, I, I that would be fine. I wonder whether or not it will possibly end up being like a Kaylee Ray.
0: Um, I, uh, is that much of a surprise? Hey, that's the thing. Think it doesn't it be a feel like surprise. a special surprise? As much as, as I like Kaylee Ray, yeah. um, who else could it be? Charlie Evans. That wouldn't be much of a surprise. Well, uh, we did
2: see a re- we saw a really good Millie McKenzie Charlie Evans match.
0: We did last weekend. Yep. at Kamikaze Pro. That was a really great match, actually. Sierra Loxton, I saw a couple of. I've seen a few times for a couple of weeks ago in Rev Pro. She looked solid. Um mm. she used her kind of size advantage well in the match as well worked yep. around different spots using that i didn't realize just how young Shakara was as well she's like seventeen I know and it's and as a result of that you're just thinking there's so much of an upside with
2: her for where she is now um at, at this point though it's it's going to be how is it going to fit in with the dynamic with Ginny being back i mean i 've got to think you would think House of couture would they win in order to make Ginny strong going into it? Yeah, you'd. However, think so. with a mystery partner, that would kind of dictate that you're going to have Millie McKenzie and
0: Sierra Well, uh, Ginny goes over Arja Kong on the way to uh, Manchester uh, or whatever the place they're running in Manchester is called Victoria Warehouse. Victoria Warehouse, yeah. yeah. Um, sort of a bit of a segue. What do you think of that Victoria Warehouse lineup at the moment? I'm not convinced. Yeah, I'm not interested at all. I've got to say, that six-man they announced, I love British Strong Style, but the six-man with um, Jimmy Avoc, Askins and Flash, I just don't feel that like there's any engaging storyline with that it one. It doesn't, uh,
2: I mean, the thing I would say about that match is it doesn't kind of feel special and big show. Yeah. If you saw that in a chapter card, on a, on a oh, standard chapter it. card it yeah. in the ballroom, yeah. I think it fits in well there. I don't think, you know, if you're trying to build up the card in, in at the Victoria Warehouse, yeah. that that's going to be the one that fits in fits in well with it.
0: No, I just feel like they've really underbooked the card for this yeah. big show. But there have been so many shows recently. Yeah. Mania, this, Australia, Super Strong Style, Manchester, it's insane. The schedule at the moment. Um, you'd... Uh, Pete Dunn and Tyler Bait in singles matches, I think, would have made mm. the card look a lot stronger. Mm. Um, also, Jack Sex were challenging for the title—something a year ago—I'd have thought that's great on a ballroom show. Yeah, you've really built this well. It feels like it's a year past its kind of peak, if anything, for me.
2: I think so. I mean, I think there's the there's the elements of the unfortunate injury. I mean, I think for that one, it's it needs to be such a slow build, but it felt like the circumstances around the multi-person match that he won. Was kind of because of the snow that was in Sheffield, and it was about rejigging the card and creating a match. Yeah. And in a way, you, I think they ended up booking themselves into a corner with it, because it then meant that there was a title match there, and I don't think you needed to be there. I think I think you could have had that multi-man match um, with all of the with all of people who wouldn't normally be on be on a Progress show, and have Sexsmith win and just give him momentum. I don't think you needed to add add a title stipulation in there. I, I think that kind of complicated the situation unnecessarily. And unfortunately for Jack Sexsmith, I think that kind of ends up having a knock-on effect on him. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced. And
0: I don't think he's anywhere near as over in Manchester as he is yeah, in London. Yeah, that was the impression that, that
2: the we, we got when we were in Manchester.
0: Yeah, and a lot of the Northern guys who were really into the promotion as well, who we speak to, just don't seem to have that interest in Sexsmith that is going to draw a house for this one. And it's a shame because I really like Jack Sexsmith. Um, He's got a great story to tell as well. I think Mm -hmm. he's really improved as a wrestler as Mm -hmm. well. But yeah, I'm not not sold on the Victoria Warehouse show at all. But back to Super Strong Style, the main event of day two. Now, this is a match that... I've wanted to see for a long time. Um, I can't wait for this one, if I'm honest with you. It was on a Defiant last I know, month. I yeah. know, I know. Um, but Travis Banks, the Progress Champion, versus Volta, the Atlas Champion. Jay- and it's just for the world title. It's not for the Atlas title. I, I don't know if Travis Banks is over... How what is it? Two hundred and five pounds. to be over?
2: I think he's somewhere where well, he's billed as being around one one seventy five. Yeah,
0: I would say that. Yeah. yeah. So um, he doesn't meet doesn't meet the weight stipulation. So just for the progress championship, this one. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. Walter, I think, is the hottest guy on the Indies right now. He's yeah. getting bookings everywhere. He's peaking at the moment. I'm hoping he's not peaking going into a WWE run because he's someone from a selfish point of view that I want to see kind of ride it out a little bit more especially in WXW because I think his story in WXW especially with Ilya Dragunov is something pretty special right now mm-hmm. um, but yeah this match high hopes for this one JP? I do have high hopes for this one um, I think there's
2: this has real big fight feel to it this was the match I kind of wanted to headline Wembley uh, yeah frankly, I think a few of us did to
0: that yeah, I, I, the thing is, would Travis Banks and Walter be able to draw? What, what do you think? What 6, do you think 000. their ceiling is? Do you think that? Do you think they can draw six thousand as a main event?
2: Uh, it depends. I mean, it entirely depends with who else is on that on that card. Yeah. how else you pad that show out with? But I mean, it's kind of a moot point because they're having their, their match here. I think there's going to be a title change. Really? I think Walter's going to win this. What makes you say that? There's things. I think. The reaction to the Travis Banks run has been kind of all over the place. Mm. I, I mean, we have said many, many times on this this show before. Big Travis Banks fan. I enjoy the work he's done as a heel since he's turned since he turned heel. The way he's done that, I think the way he was being booked off at the start of the title run is the guy who has killer matches. I think that was great. I think where the turning point was is as soon as it became Brooks and TK getting involved. And that took a lot of the steam out of it. Also, as well, he's not as really, I say, popular as Chris Brooks. Chris Brooks seems to have much more of that kind of groundswell yeah, of crowd sure. support. So I can see Walter winning. And effectively, the beginning of possibly a South Pacific power trip kind of, almost storming progress afterwards and, and I can see that being the direction it goes in it also sets up the intriguing clash in Manchester
0: of Walter versus Jack Sexsmith oh, which could be violent be a murder scene that uh, that it. really could be yeah most definitely what about ne- yourself uh, right I, I think if they put the belt on Walter they'll be capitalising on the peak of Walter's popularity and I think mm. now is the best time to put it on him I don't think they will I can see Travis Banks winning it and I can see the Travis Banks as a troll storyline continuing Mm -hmm. because I think they quite like that. Now, what I really don't want to see in this, I love Travis Banks. I just don't want to see a match that revolves around Roman Reigns spots. That Jeff Cobb main event in New Orleans was just revolved around Superman punches, that Roman Reigns spear finisher spot. Like, I don't mind Roman Reigns as a wrestler, I'll be honest with you. I don't know about the push. But at the same time, I don't want to see a main event of this big show that is essentially based around uh, WWE references to a situation in WWE that is kind of similar to this one or has echoes of it in a way.
2: Well, he's better than that. And Walter's better than that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. and, and, And again, it doesn't need those references for it to work. This, as a match, given the proper length of time, given the big fight feel, is the kind of match that can sell itself. Absolutely. It doesn't need Roman Reigns references. Okay, (laughs) it makes sense at first, but really, who is that appealing to? Like, have the match between them. Have killer matches. Concentrate on that. Um, You know, intertextual references aren't needed here. You, you can just have I a know.
0: great match no, yeah and I hope it is that great match I haven't seen the defiant match of you no I haven't no I've I have Benno and not enough. I'm I'm going to save myself. I'm not going to bother, you know what? It's too much wrestling to watch anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> Apparently
2: it was good. They had a they had a rumble match.
0: Yeah, the there's World. two New Japan shows that I'll be I won't be watching all of those oh, and enough Jesus. Backlash on the weekend as well. Too much bloody wrestling, that's yeah. all I'll say. Um so I'll be trimming what I can at different points and yeah. trying to consume some non-wrestling related content as and when as well. Um so looking forward to this one um, yep. I think it's a really great main event for night two not going to be at day three unfortunately mm. We're, uh, I'm doing day one JP is going to be there for day two with me um, mm-hmm. but day three I don't know it, three days at Alexandra Palace now I feel going into this year that the, those that we talk to um, who have been to previous Super Strong Styles Don't seem that they're anywhere near as pumped for this year's Super Strong Start. And a lot of them aren't doing all three days either. Um, It feels like there's a real vibe around the Ali Pali experience in terms of a layout of the venue, in terms of the facilities based around the venue. Mm. And I do feel like that has been taken for granted um, when it comes to this as a social experience as well. Yeah.
2: Uh, I grew up around there. I mean, for me, Ali Pali is kind of built around. It was a great place to sledge when I was a kid. Um... I haven't gone up there for the darts before. I mean, I think we, we said it before in the previous pods. It would have been great to have two days in Camden. Yeah. And then the third day. in Absolutely. Khan, to keep it special. I, I'd have gone for all three days if they'd have done that. I, I would have preferred that. Now, yeah. family issues, the fact that I can I could bring one of my kids to progress, but I can't bring the other one. That <laughs> I don't think he would want to go, mate. No, knowing him, no, he'd be stroppy about it all the way. Um, poor sod's got New Japan to watch in the next couple of days, so that's going to teach him a lesson. Um, so yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to day two. I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing day three, um, which will be the first time in the last. I mean, I've been to the last two for all three days and absolutely loved them. I thought they were just great shows. It really highlights. It, I always think this tournament highlights the best of progress mm. when it has. Great matches and yeah. the storyline is kind of encapsulated yeah. within within a tournament. So it is all in close. I, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy the, you know, we've gone through the preview and really we're, you know, we differ on who we think is going to win. But there are so many variables going into that. And that's very rare in wrestling. And I do enjoy it when that's the case. But, um, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I... Wasn't doing the day three. I hope to God it's it's amazing and everyone has a great time who goes. But yeah, it will just be the day two. But I'm delighted to be watching Travis Banks Walter.
0: It's another day getting up that big old hill at Ali Pali that's putting me off. And yeah. I think the immediacy of Camden as an area has been underestimated here. I know that you know Progress yeah. obviously going to make a killing off of this mm. um, by moving it to Alexandra Palace for three days. Um, but talking to Flash Morgan Webster in the last interview about the differences between. Bowler and Super Strong Style. PWG, you could argue, um, haven't grown and should have grown um, because mm. they have the potential to grow, but I do think that this, like, the kind of um, value of the ballroom to progress has been undervalued here mm. um, and the immediacy and the vibe of Camden and the vibe it creates, because Ali Pali is up a hill around a load of trees. Yeah, It's a boring area. Wood Green, not so bad, I suppose. Not the same as uh Camden in terms of the vibe. Oh, going up around Wood Green, I guess scary after dark at points. I can imagine, but yeah. still I'd rather be, you know, in the thick of something yeah. rather than yeah. up a hill in this big venue with a big roof. Um yeah. but hey, uh that's just me and I'm a grizzled old veteran uh, I suppose of uh <laughs> independent wrestling at this point and love to complain. <laughs> um so, any any last thoughts going to the weekend at All JP?
2: I just hope it's really good. I just hope they have some really killer matches and almost go back to basics. Yes. Simple, great matches, simple stories, easy to relate to. Don't make it convoluted. Don't make it about another company. Just just kick ass and do it that way because that's when they're at their best. And that's the progress that we got into yeah, and yeah, that we loved. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'd love to... I still love it. But I feel like my lover has wounded me in some way. (laughs) And maybe divorce proceedings have begun. But let's hope uh, we can get back on track this weekend. Right. Last thing JP got the opportunity to interview Zach Gibson earlier on today. Here is that interview with Zach Gibson.
2: Hello everyone. Uh, JP back here on the Indie Corner, and with me today I have Liverpool's number one, uh, the UK's number one, and hopefully soon to be the world's number one. Sorry to steal your tagline, Zach Gibson. How are you today, Zach? I don't
3: really have anything to introduce myself with
2: now. No, you don't, do you? Oh, <laughs> shall I do that again? Would you like to do? <laughs> no, no. Okay. How are you doing today? Good day today, oh, I I'm imagine. Yeah, yeah. It's
3: a, it's a good day. A good day to be in Liverpool. City's bouncing.
2: Uh, and and obviously, one of the things we were speaking about before um, off air was obviously that you have to make sure you're going to find a way, hooker by crook, to be able to watch that final. That's going to be um, pretty much dominant in your thoughts, I'd imagine.
3: Oh, and I'm going to be absolutely unbearable if we win this Champions League final. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> if fans don't like it now, they are going to absolutely hate it in a couple of weeks.
2: I do fear the worst if, if, and I say touch wood, it doesn't happen, but if it's not a good final, uh, what the fans will be like to you from here on out. I don't think that bears thinking
3: about at this point. I mean, to be fair, I think either way, either I'm going to be giving them something or they're going to be giving me something. But uh, yeah, ultimately, we made it there, so... They can't do what we do.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, just wanted to to ask you. Obviously, you've been wrestling since two thousand. Uh, is it two thousand and nine, two thousand and
3: eight? You. Yeah, used... I actually started
2: two thousand and six. Oh, two thousand and six, and that My was.
3: My debut I... was two thousand six, was mm-hmm. so sixteen, but that was um, just on like a really um, a small promotion where I started training. So mm-hmm. I doubt you find these results online. To be honest, they're uh, they're more just a little haul tucked away in the middle of nowhere Well, yeah that was where it started 2006.
2: Was that a Zach Diamonds then? <laughs> yeah it was yeah unfortunately. Because <laughs> I've seen the image and obviously you've made this transition from Zach Diamond and uh, heavily influenced by, by CM Punk to the Zach Gibson we know now. How many incarnations do you think you've gone through to get to the point where you are now?
3: Um not that many, really. Like, only because for the first for the first couple of years, I was struggling to find something to be. Mm-hmm. So I'd actually say I was fairly generic in the first couple of years, mm-hmm. and then it was just obviously like through through wrestling, everyone's personality comes out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And as soon as it as soon as it did, it just it went into this. Basically, uh, this is just me turned up to ten. So this came out, and obviously, like even in the last two or three years, every so often it takes us a little diversion here or there. Yep. where something new comes out but it, it's generally just me turned up to 10 and that's been going for a good few years now and even so, Diamond maybe one of the worst wrestling names ever maybe uh, it'll be an answer on Pointless one yeah, which it's going to be what is the worst wrestling name ever and I'll be in there but, it's but kind of, um,
2: you kind of have to go through that stage, though, don't you? It seems to be like a necessary part of you need a couple of years to kind of find yourself and what works for you.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, the name, just to sort of clear my own conscience, <laughs> uh, I never thought of the name, by the way, so oh. let's, not try, let's not try and pin that one on me. <laughs> uh, I was <laughs> I was given that name when I was 16, and obviously I just wanted to rest on the show. They could have called me anything. They could have thought of absolutely anything, and I would have said yes. So uh, that's what that will be decided on, and that's what we went
2: with. I'm going to bring up a couple of names from your past. I mean, um, uh, I'm sure you're probably familiar with uh, Jiggy Walker.
3: Yeah, <laughs> we never uh, we never really crossed paths, but he was um, he was in the office at of GPW, so yep. obviously I've been on a couple of shows with him.
2: So previously, we've had like Jiggy Walker and Sam Bailey's done this with Man City in Manchester. Uh, where you're using football and regional heat in order to get a reaction from an audience. Um, just wanted to know what your thoughts are on that.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's always going to be there. That's whether mm. people pretend that it's not there or not, it doesn't matter, it is there. Um, and it's just what you do with it. Some people try to go down one route of, you know, like the foreign heel, for lack like yeah. of a better term, and they try to really sort of incite hatred that way. Um, I don't really think there's much of a place for that in 2018. Yeah. Whereas the sort of football mm. um, aspect of it, I think it's a lot more tongue-in-cheek. You know, you go to a football game and you'll see the fans giving each other an awful time. Yeah. But then afterwards, they'll be in the same pubs and they'll all laugh and joke about it because it's actually just they're just giving each other a bit of stick. It's all it's all friendly. Yeah. And I feel like that's more what that's more where mine goes anyway. I'm under no illusions when people are giving me all this abuse. They're not necessarily out for my blood. They just enjoy giving me shit.
2: Yeah. Of which they don't. I mean, hearing your interviews with, um, with Jim Smallman on the Tuesday Night Jaw podcast, and one of the things that, um, that he asked you straight away is how do you feel about that reaction? And clearly, you're doing your job really well. If you're if the getting considering the reactions you've been getting from crowds up and down the land, whether it's defiant or progress or Rev Pro, it must be really affir, um, affirming to you that you're that you're on the right path.
3: Well, yeah, like the, with wrestling being so subjective mm. and um, so many different styles, you get some people trying to sort of pinpoint who's the best or pinpoint what's this and what that. And ultimately, with so many different opinions, it's almost impossible. Like how do you compare Will Ospreay to The Big Show? Yeah, when when what they do is just so massively different, and the reality is the only way that you do compare anyone in wrestling is if they're over or not. That's the that's only the only real measuring stick is are the crowd making noise? Do people enjoy watching them? Mm-hmm. The only re, it's the only real way. So people can you know, people rag on John Cena on a daily basis. The guy gets a unbelievable reaction every single time he walks out so mm. he's over he's a superstar he does everything uh, it's, it's the only real measuring stick so for me to get those reactions it does I like, it's everything i want basically so please don't stop
2: <laughs> yeah <he's>, yeah <laughs> um to ask you a few questions about sort of the wrestling scene in the northwest um how's that developed in the time since you've started to weigh on i'm thinking about some of the matches you had with jack gallagher and future shock um, the fact now you've got several promotions running um, around the northwest as well, um, and obviously there's a lot of focus on on a on a on the wrestling scene in the Midlands, and there's been on the Scotland and in London to a degree. But the northwest appears to be having a bit of a boom time as well, which must be great for you.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, it's, obviously we t- we take the work where we take it. I mm. seem to find myself in London or Scotland, and nowhere in between. Uh, <laughs> the more popular wrestling we the the further I have to travel for it which is a bit weird mm-hmm. but uh, it, it's hard to say to pinpoint one area because as you just mentioned then the whole country is booming there's, there's shows on everyone's doorstep from the bottom to the top mm. and um, it's, just, it's just a really good time to be a wrestler in the UK so I was asked quite recently sort of what the catalyst was for this what do i what's my opinion that that led to all of this boom and mm. i don't think it's any one thing i really don't think it's one individual i don't think it's one company i think it's a generation of wrestlers that were all very like-minded mm. and we've all sort of bounced off each other everyone trying to steal the top spot and then companies putting the extra effort into production and advertising it's mm. an entire generation for this season who have all pushed it forward together.
2: Oh, it's also very nice as well that you've got lots of wrestlers who are very different. I've heard you describe that, that a wrestling card is like a variety show so yeah. how do you find that transition because you you kind of straddle a very fine line between there's the comedic aspects of your matches which are obvious and they come through the promos when the fans are lobbing in toilet roll and the like but also at the same time you still have, there's still the tough guy serious aura around and that's a really difficult line to straddle between the two and just wondering how you managed to do it
3: Do what I just I just think it being a scout <laughs> I just think it's being <laughs> from Liverpool. There's just something in there that is very natural. So it's, it's a hard thing to necessarily pinpoint because originally it wasn't 100% planned. It just came out, just trial and error, what works and what doesn't. And that's just sort of came from there. And then also, I was always told early on in training and from various different people who have done well in the job that you should just try to be able to do any job mm-hmm. that's ever presented to you. So when we work at we have to learn how to be a good guy to a 1,000 children. So yeah. no Adults, nothing to be cool about. You've just got to be a good guy to kids. And then I've done over 18 shows where now you've got to be a good guy to adults. And then there'll be something where you get put in a, you know, you have to be a comedy villain at Butlins again because mm. you've got to make the kids laugh. And then on the flip side, it'll be right now we need you to do this blood feud in front of adults down in Scotland somewhere somewhere. So it's just constantly traveling around and, you know, adding to your playbook, getting put in all these different positions to make sure that you're the jack of all trades. And then um, when it comes down to then your final bit, just taking bits from everywhere and just putting them all together. That just comes from doing everything I was told to do. Basically, a lot of young wrestlers get told to travel. Mm. Wrestle as much as they can and it's for this reason so that you're not one-dimensional so that you can pull things from all different areas and it's just it's, it's paid off
2: and that leads on um quite nicely in terms of the training center in terms of the um fighting spirit wrestling school that you and james drake run together um first of all how did that come about and is in terms of what you've just said now in terms of having that that variety is that something you you stress to a lot of um, the, the younger um, people at the school, just expressing this is what you need to do if you're gonna make it within, within the wrestling industry and make a living from this.
3: Oh, definitely. And it, basically the school came from, I mean, we had talked about it for a long time. Um, I used to run in front of promotions, I used to promote in Liverpool and then uh, that we were setting up a training school there at the time I wasn't too keen about doing a training school I was more focused on just going out and wrestling as much as I could Um, and then I left that company it just wasn't wasn't going in the direction I wanted it to it was too stressful Mm-hmm. My own wrestling was just picking up to a point where I just wanted to focus on that, so I left there, but then the reason why Fighting Spirit came about was we had just done the ITV pilot, mm-hmm. and I had five-star wrestling lined up the first time round, and then JD had the WW UK tournament, and basically he, you know, he found himself with a load of free time midweek, still really busy during the weekends, still really busy during the summer, but for a lot of the year, just a, a bit of extra time, not much to do with it, mm-hmm. full-time pro wrestler, so... He doesn't have any job. And then um, for myself, I had the ITV stuff all lined up, ready to go. And I had the five-star stuff lined up, ready to go. And then ITV and five-star both cancelled at the same time. Mm. And I had freed up space on my calendar for both of them. So it just left me in a position where I had a lot of time to fill. And um, I didn't want to go and get a little part-time job or something to make ends meet. I didn't Mm. want to do anything like that. Don't get me wrong. I I wasn't struggling, but I wanted to fill the space. Yeah. So me and him just started talking about it. And the actual school was put together in about two and a half weeks. Um, We don't really mess around. So (laughs) after we decided we were going to do it, I think like four days later, we bought a ring. And then a week later, we were moving it into the venue that we had found. Two weeks later, we ran our first session. And because we had sort of pushed it in such a way, we just announced it as sort of a big launch event. On the very first day, we drew 40 people to come train with us as well.
1: That's fantastic.
3: So it was crazy. I mean, we thought it would do okay with both of our names behind it and, you know, what we had just done very recently. Mm-hmm. But then to see it to see a response like 40 people on day one, the company's just gone... It just started up in a good position. It's just carried on. We've not had a single trouble there. It. So uh, it's one of the best things I've done.
2: Have you got any up- upcoming shows? Because I know obviously you've run a couple of shows. Um, is, that, is that at the training centre as well that you've run?
3: It is, yeah, yeah. It's... Um, Again it was when we set, when we first decided to do shows, we just we wanted a short term goal for trainees mm-hmm. you know with with show so many shows up and down the country and with so many wrestlers up and down the country now mm-hmm. it can be hard to fight for a spot, so you need like a short term goal and then another you know a short term place to build up a name build up a brand mm mm-hmm. So that's why we originally why we wanted to run shows, but then after setting up the show, it, it's turned into a little project of its own. It's a, it's a pretty cool show, to be fair. I mean, nothing more punk rock than pro wrestling in a drained-out swimming pool. I was gonna say, yeah, it's sort of a makeshift set. So like we train in a swimming pool, but that's got all judo mats laid out. So. On first glance, you probably wouldn't even notice it was a pool, but for the show, we we take all the mats off, move Mm -hmm. the ring into the middle, we um, rent some seats in so we have them around, and we have people stood around the balcony as well. So it's got a really really cool atmosphere about it, and everyone's been buzzing off it so far. Our next one's uh, Friday 15th of June, and we're somehow going to have a ladder match in there.
2: Oh God! Is there enough height on the ceiling for that? Is that all right? There's no, there's no problem. That's going
3: to that. uh, be that's going to be part of the interest of the show. Okay. <laughs> how how are we going to do it? Because we certainly haven't figured it out yet.
2: <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's uh, to, to mention about James Drake as well. I mean, one of the the highlights for me in progress is seeing you guys tag together, and clearly, obviously, you're 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 kind of really good mates. so you've got that chemistry there. He he plays. You play off each other really nicely as well. Um, is and you've obviously been to China um, very re- very recently as well. Um, how do you find the kind of switch between going um, tagging and singles? Because obviously I've seen you with Josh Bowden as well in, in in Rev Pro. How do you find that difference changing between the two? And is it nice to kind of vary it up? Um, uh,
3: yeah, I, I like the I like the variety. Do you know, we touched on variety earlier on. Yeah. Um, And it does, it it keeps things interesting. At at the basis of wrestling, it is generally just singles or tag. And then from there stems your four-ways, your triple threats, hardcore ladders, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But all of them stem from whether it's a singles match or a team match. So that's the ultimate variety there if you're constantly just in the singles matches. Don't get me wrong, wrestling's so varied anyway that Mm -hmm. you're probably still never going to get bored. But it's nice for me to have the two because I was always a, when I was growing up, I was a big fan of certain singles wrestlers like Rob Van Dam and mm. Billy Gunn. Uh, they were two of my favourites. But I was also a massive fan of the Hardy Boys. So tag team wrestling, I'd say the peak of me watching wrestling was around 2000, 2001. And that was when they had one of the hottest tag divisions going, when you know the TLC matches and oh, yeah. the multi-team ladder matches were all the rage. So tag team wrestling's always been a big interest of mine. So to get to actually just flick between the two on a regular basis is pretty much everything i wanted from wrestling i'm not pigeonholed into one spot i think tag wrestling when done right can be one of the most entertaining things on the show and uh when they paired me and jd together they asked us if we'd do it obviously i've known him since he was 13 so it was just easy for us to not half-ass it basically we put our heads together and the tag team with jd has actually allowed me to team up with other people a little bit more mm-hmm. seamlessly where I'll come in and I've got this I've got almost a little bit of a formula where I can create new moves with them by splicing our singles moves together and so I've it's been really enjoying it I'd still say though that in JD because we run the training school it, it's a lot easier for us to, to go together because we're just constantly we train up the actual at fighting spirit three times a week as long as we're free anyway uh, we train a fighting spirit three times a week and then obviously because we're there we generally are at the gym together three times a week as well so it's just that much and then traveling we travel to china together we travel to america together so we're in each other's pockets quite a lot which just means that we're constantly talking about it constantly coming up with new ideas and i think that's what's kept these matches so exciting To ask you about
2: five star and the experience from five star i mean i don't want to go into sort of anything necessarily about the company itself but the fact that you were able to be the focus of a live 3 hour show on television. How did you find that? Because that must have been was that the first time you've you've really been in 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 that position where it's you're you're live on on the mic and in the ring and you're you're wrestling to a live television audience. How did you find that in terms of the experience and what you got
3: from it? It was definitely the first time live. It's, it's not the first time you know, you've had that kind of pressure, which is what I think, I guess it's kind of, a, at the time, you, you just try not to think of it, I think. Yeah. At least that's what I do. I, I don't, I don't try to think of the gravity of the situation because that might sort of might put you off a little bit. It might get in your head. Ultimately, when you're actually out there, you can't see the live audience watching at home anyway. So all you see in front of you is a wrestling ring, a crowd, a microphone in your hand. and that's what I see every single week. So I just I just do what you do, and then um, reap the reap the rewards later. But it was that it was the first time we've been. I've been put in that position live, So there was, I mean, just before we went out, there was that little worry and, you know, I just had to be smart about it, put put my stuff together sensibly. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as you get out there, do what I've just mentioned, you know, it's just what you do. You just do your job, get it done.
2: I was thinking what really resonated about a lot of the promos you cut is about there was this wonderful element of truth to it where you had big imports coming in, you railed against that and I think there is for a lot of us who watch a lot of British independent wrestling one of the things we always like seeing is the, the, the these people develop over time and coming from kind of smaller organizations and working their way up and seeing them get spots and have really earned it how easy was it for you to be able to cut that was it something that that had rankled you for a long time so you're able to put that into your promos as well and express that
3: yeah, I mean, the, the best work is based on the truth. you look at any any films, even even down to things like, I just went to see Infinity War. Yes. Day, and even in a film as far out as that, they still bring in realistic sort of feelings into it, if that makes sense. So
2: oh, if you think of Thanos, for example. Need, yeah, is, people need yeah. to be
3: able to relate, don't they? So they can't just have superhero films and then nothing for the average show to relate to because then you're not going to get anything from it. Um, so all the best work based on the truth. Mm-hmm. and that was easy to do uh, I've got a few little I'm, I'm not going to obviously give them away because then everyone will start doing it but yeah. <laughs> I've got a few little tricks and little ways to do it and it's just about it's just about believing in it really it's got to be real and like I don't pretend to be Gibson when no. I'm out there I just am it's yeah. more like a like I say it's just me tend to pretend it's more like a method acting if you will rather yeah. than going out there and trying to do trying to pretend to be something that you're not
2: um, this weekend you're going to be at pro's Super Strong Style 16 um, I won't ask wh- who's made the mind up whether or not it's you or JD who are going to be taking part in the Super Strong Style um, 16 tournament Um,
3: We'll decide that when we figure out how to stick a belt above our venue, I think. Yeah. We'll Uh, we'll figure out how
2: to do the ladder match and then we'll decide who's going in. Exactly. That that makes sense. But um, (laughs) you're going to be at Alexandra Palace where there could be anything up to about 7,500 people there over three days. You're at a show that you've run a promotion in the past with Infinite. You're now at Fighting Spirit and Training. I mean, the changes within the British wrestling industry, I mean, at times do you, you sit back and think, this is wild how the, how this has gone, and and the is it are we at a point now where wrestling can be a full time living for lots and lots of wrestlers throughout the country, or um, do you still think there's there's a ways to go before everyone could be getting the the money, frankly, that they deserve uh, as as well as the amount of work.
3: Yeah, but I think we're definitely on the right track. I mean. Mm. Like you said, the Alexandra Palace. There's nothing to be uh, nothing to be scoffed at, is it? Achievement. Yeah. Three three big shows back to back in the city, in London of all places, and attracting that many people. And it's not just local fans; It's people travelling there. I mean, I make a living. I, I only I only do wrestling. I don't do anything else. Mm-hmm. I make my living from this. JD makes his living from this. I know more than a handful of people. You know, there's enough people in this country now just making a living from wrestling, and it's definitely totally getting better. You know, there's things like ITV and WWE just round the corner. Mm-hmm. And they're the things, really, that we need. That's the next step. Places like Progress are doing great business. So many eyes on this, on the scenes. I've I've travelled over to Italy to go and do a show recently. And they, all, they knew everyone, but they ranked us all on our position in Progress. So I think that says a lot about the Progress promotion. Their reach is just unbelievable right now. Definitely one of the uh, biggest independents in the world. Obviously, to take that next step, I think we're only... We, we could literally be potentially six months to a year away from British wrestlers being household names again, being celebrity status with people like WWE and ITV getting involved. I mean, you've been watching wrestling yourself. You've yep. seen all, You've seen what, what the actual shows can provide you with. You've been at those big shows and you've sort of been a part of it and gone home buzzing just like we all have. It's better than Made in Chelsea, isn't it? So, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm bloody ho- I'm hoping that we can get something out of it. it just absolutely draws
2: with on tally. Oh, I, I would agree. I mean, it seems to me, and I'm, I might be wrong on this, but I think we're on the cusp of it entering into that kind of mainstream zeitgeist. We're at that point yeah. where we're not that far away. Uh, would would you agree with that where like you say it, it's going to be and hopefully any of the projects that are setting up around the UK are successful because then everyone gets to work and everyone gets to see everyone yeah, working. Exactly. Um do you think we're not that far away from that from that point where it is going to be like you say that we're going to get people as as household names and possibly I don't know I think- getting a walk on on Corrie, let's say for example. <laughs>
3: I think the potential's right there, so now it's just what the powers that be are going to do with it. Yeah. You know, ITV last time made a bit of a ricket of it. They, yeah. um, they fought against some of us. They tried to change how people looked. I'll never forgive myself for wearing a leather jacket on television. Uh, oh. <laughs> what a ricket. But, you know, when they say, like, when they're absolutely adamant and you promised X and Y, it's what you've got to do. Um but that that was their mistake I think I think they've learned from that mistake hopefully they have because it just didn't connect with did it you know they tried to, yeah. they tried to take Wayne's world and then they turned it into you Noah's know, arcade present Wayne's world. That's exactly what
2: they did. That's a hell of an analogy <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to finish to finish up on this uh, on uh, on this as well. And uh, Zach, I want to thank you so much for your time. Thanks for taking time out, out to speak to us. Um, have you got anything um, that you'd like to plug? Where can people get in contact with you? Um, any uh, any other dates coming up? Obviously uh, after Super Strong Style weekend.
3: Uh just ev- every weekend. So just. Uh... <laughs> But, uh, Twitter and Instagram, both Zach Gibson 01, um, and follow Fighting Spirit as well, it's FS Wrestling UK on Twitter, and just Fighting Spirit Wrestling on Instagram, so if you go through there, you'll see everything, because I'm constantly sharing stuff anyway, mm-hmm. and yeah, just go to shows, go to British wrestling shows, not just the ones I tell you to go to, go to the ones that you want to go to. There's
2: plenty of them. But
3: yeah, plenty. It's,
2: which is which is great. Well, Zach, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for taking time out of your very busy schedule. Um, I would wish you luck, but I'm sure either one of you or JD will end up winning the Super Strong Style 16 anyway, so you don't need my uh, <laughs> anything from me. <laughs> Thanks ever so much, mate. And, and no good, good luck this weekend. Cheers, mate. Take care.
3: Cheers. It's good enough for you. It's good enough for me.
0: That was Zach Gibson. Will we be seeing Zach Gibson in Super Strong Style this week? It's either going to be him or James Drake. I know I want to see, but we'll have to wait and see. I think I've got an idea of what they're going to do, but hey, let's wait until Saturday to see that. Thank you to everyone for joining us here today. Uh, JP, uh, where can people find you online, if they want to find you online? That sounds rather scary, (laughs) doesn't it? They can find me on Twitter at jpjp. Thanks, John. And you can find me at LEMSIP4Ps. See you later. Bye.